good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Wednesday, the 31st of August, the last day of August before we head into the month of September. And yes, believe it or not, Christmas is getting very, very close. Nevertheless, let's jump into today's show with the uh, first story of the day. The deputy head of Thailand's corruption watchdog has been fired for being unusually wealthy. Deputy Secretary General of the National Anti-Corruption Commission, that's the NACC, Prayut Pongchampa, was dismissed from service today after he was found to be unusually wealthy by amassing 658 million baht in assets, many of them which have been kept abroad. The NACC Chairman, Police General Wachapal Pratashakit, signed an order dismissing Prayad from government service today. The NAAC also agreed that his assets should be confiscated and become state property. The NACC faulted Pryad for allegedly deliberately concealing his assets by providing false statements about six of them when he assumed the post as Deputy Secretary General on January 4, 2017. The assets he allegedly attempted to conceal include six items, worth about 2 million baht, in the country and under the name of his spouse, Tenipa, and four other items located abroad since 2019, worth about 225 million baht. The NACC's findings and its decisions have been submitted to the Office of the Attorney General for them to proceed with the case to the Criminal Court for corruption and misconduct cases, with the recommendation that any ill-gotten assets should be confiscated. So that's basically the uh, deputy head of the uh, Corruption Commission, the guys who are meant to be out there uh, fighting corruption on behalf of Thailand. And it seems like the second-in-command is as corrupt as they come. Now... It's interesting that they've given very little detail as to what exactly or why exactly he has all this wealth, where it may come from, and, you know, how it was amassed. And that's the kind of stuff that definitely the public have a right to know. And that's why transparency is very important in this kind of thing. People want to be able to trust the National Anti-Corruption Commission, but when they see stories like this and then kind of things look like they're being swept underneath the carpet, you know, they lose their trust in these kind of commissions. And, you know, if they want to be taken seriously, then they need to come out and say exactly, you know, what kind of cases has this guy been involved in? Has Is there alleged um, corruption in relation to cases that he's handled? And is this why he has such, you know, or has amassed such wealth? These kind of things definitely need to be looked at. I mean, a public servant like this, he's not making that much money. So, of course, yeah, they're looking at how he has this much money. And I mean, normally in these kind of cases, you know, a blind eye is turned to all of this. So something serious must have gone on um, that, you know, the NACC now are investigating this and have dismissed him from uh, this government uh, watchdog. But nevertheless, hopefully when this gets to the criminal court, we actually might see exactly what has been going on with this guy. But we'll leave it there at that and we'll move on to the next story of the day ban on e-cigarettes to remain. The government has affirmed its stance against vaping, saying e-cigarettes are affecting the health of vapors of whom more than half are considered youths. 
Public Health Minister Anatan Sharabakul stressed the need to continue banning e-cigarette imports to protect youth from vaping health risks when he spoke at a national conference on cigarettes and public health held in Bangkok on Monday. A survey conducted by the National Statistics Office of Thailand last year found more than half of about 80,000 e-cigarette smokers in Thailand were people aged 15 to 24. This clearly showed vaping has created new smokers, especially young people, while a growing number of international studies found smoking e-cigarettes has negative effects on young people's brains, said Mr. Anatan. Learning from the experience of other countries in dealing with vaping problems, he said Thailand has found there currently is no other option more effective in controlling vaping than banning the import of e-cigarettes. Crackdowns on e-cigarettes smuggled into the country will also continue to limit access to the products on the black market, he noted. Citing 6,971 international studies published between 2014 and 2021, Assistant Professor Dr. Vishet Kem Samat, Director of the Tobacco Control Research and Knowledge Management Centre, that's the TRC, said vaping is associated with various diseases, namely respiratory, heart and blood vessel, oral and dental, brain, liver and skin disease. The World Health Organization has also warned that nicotine in e-cigarettes is harmful to all systems in the human body as it causes blood vessels to contract and consequently obstruct blood flow. Dr. V said, noting there are also several other toxic chemical compounds found in e-cigarettes, he said. Vaping is associated with 1.8 times higher risk of ischemic heart disease and 40 9% higher of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, that's COPD, and a 39% higher risk of asthma, he said, citing the American Heart Association. Exposure to vapor containing nicotine, directly or indirectly, affects the brain of unborn babies and associated with a number of health problems, including some irregularities with their nervous system, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, and low birth weight. Vaping during this period of life decreases brain development by three to four times the normal development rate, Dr. Fish said. So uh, for people coming to Thailand, just to know that bringing your e-cigarettes is illegal, that if you were stopped at the airport, they would be confiscated and you may be issued with a fine as well. Now, I have just a quick couple of things to say about that. They're very concerned about e-cigarettes, but what about regular tobacco products? Regular cigarettes. I mean, they're known to give people cancer and known to have so many different effects on people's health, but yet that's not a priority. The priority is vaping, not the cigarettes. Possibly a lot to do with uh, tobacco companies uh, in and around Southeast Asia and uh, the pockets that they fill. And I'll leave it at that. And moving along, young Thai crypto investors doomed by get-rich-quick idea, and that's according to the NESDC. Young Thais investing in cryptocurrencies and digital assets risk big losses due mainly to their get-rich-quick attitude and lack of experience and knowledge. That was the warning issued by the National Economic and Social Development Council, the NESDC, a government think tank, in a report on Thailand's outlook in the second quarter. The agency said young Thai investors also tend to base their investment decisions on instinct rather than analysis. People aged under 30 constitute about half of registered crypto investors in Thailand, the report said, citing a study by Mahidol University College of Management. The CMMU study found that Generation Z invests in cryptocurrency because they want to get rich quick, it adds. 
It said this attitude turned some people into millionaires in a very short period, but many crypto investors also made huge losses quickly. About 45% of Thai crypto investors had no knowledge or understanding of the market, said the NESDC report, citing the CMMU study. This lack of knowledge, particularly among young investors, makes them more prone to making wrong decisions, it warned. A separate survey by the Thai Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, found that about 25% of investors in digital assets made their investment decisions based on instinct alone. Meanwhile, 41% used different analysis methods and 26% based their decisions on the latest information. The CMMU study also found that almost 65% of Thai crypto investors traded through online platforms based overseas to avoid paying taxes in Thailand. The NESDC report warned that crypto investors should opt for reliable platforms to avoid compromising their personal information. It said investors are often unable to examine overseas platforms properly, unlike those based in the country and under the SEC supervision. The government recently asked the SEC to lead an overhaul of Thailand's crypto regulations after local exchange Zipmex halted withdrawals and entered bankruptcy protection. Yet despite a global meltdown that saw the crypto market lose about $1 trillion in May and June, Thailand, a hotbed of digital currency trading in Southeast Asia, still has more than 20 SEC registered digital asset operators. Now, I don't think this is just confined to young Thais. I think this is a a phenomenon around the world that younger people, particularly, you know, 30 and below, are constantly looking for this get-rich-quick scheme. I mean, if you just browse TikTok, you will see, I mean, videos after videos about how to earn passive income, how to make loads of money in cryptocurrency. It's all so easy, you know? And, uh, oh, drop shipping, this will make you a load of money, or do this on a website and you'll make loads of money doing this. And it all seems to be people just trying to tout this idea that you can become super rich by doing very little. And that's just not the case. And unfortunately, I think younger people, particular, let's say in the early 20s, seem to believe that this dream is available to them. That, you know, you don't need to work hard anymore. You don't need to slog, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day in a job to become rich or to have a good life. You just need to, you know, have some passive income or invest in cryptocurrency and everything will be okay. But it's not the case. But guys, I wonder what you do think about this. Do you think there is a gap between older and younger people now in terms of work ethic and you know, how they see life. I'd love to know your opinions as always, guys, down below in that comment section. Now, some quick travel news for people who may fly into Don Muang International Airport in Bangkok and want to, and want to go to Pattaya. Don Muang Pattaya shuttle bus has launched. Don Muang Airport is now providing a 350 baht per ride bus service from the airport to Pattaya. The airport will also consider operating new routes if the service proves popular, said the Deputy Director of Operations of the airport. Airport launched the shuttle service on August 15th. During the trial run, buses are scheduled for two round trips, two from Don Muang to Pattaya at 10.30am and 3pm, and two from Pattaya to Don Muang from at 6am and 3pm. However, passenger numbers are currently low as most people are unaware of the service, he said. 
The deputy director said the airport has seen 40 to 50,000 passengers daily and they mainly head into the city centre by public transport. However, he said passenger numbers will rise during the high season from October onwards. Bus tickets are available on www.belltravelservice.com and Bell Travel Service office at Don Muang International Airport on the first floor at Gate 10, Domestic Terminal. The director said that according to a survey, Pattaya was voted the most popular destination by passengers at Don Muang International Airport. So that's just a quick bus service uh, or information on the quick bus service that you can get from the airport in Bangkok to Pattaya. Might save you a few baht on the old taxi or something like that. It seems to go pretty much direct to it. There's no stops along the way. So that might be a cheaper option to people who don't want to fork out for, you know, maybe an expensive taxi. Just a little bit of information and we'll move along. So the next story is actually going to be two parts and I'm going to start off with the first then read into the second and we'll discuss both of them together because then it'll make sense. Songkla Hotels criticise entry fee for tourists. The Hatyai Songkla Hotels Association has spoken out against the government's imposed 300 baht tourism fee saying it has proven a fresh blow following COVID-19 pandemic. Association President Sitipong Sitapat Pra on Saturday called out the levy as another obstacle to tourists after more than two years of the pandemic. The government initiated a plan to collect 300 baht from foreign visitors in 2020 after the cancellation of the tourist fund, but the plan has only been implemented this year. The taxation on all tourists without exemption or consideration to the mode of transport has become an issue for visitors entering in its private vehicles and those taking day trips into the country, Mr. Sitapong said. Some travellers living across the border from Southern Thailand have ended up paying the 300 baht fee every day and become deterred by the cost, he said. The government should have considered this regulation more thoroughly and exempted visitors travelling in personal vehicles or on their personal motorcycles as most of them cross the border for day trips, Mr. Sitibong added. According to the association, southern border districts such as Sadao, Natoi Betong and Sung Kalok, which depend on travellers from neighbouring Malaysia, have been particularly affected according to the association. Now, that story is the first one. Now, that story has actually come out of the Bangkok Post and either there is some really shabby reporting going on there or there's the scam of the century going on at uh, the borders down... Uh, in Songkla because today there is another article Thailand's 300 baht entry fee for tours set to start in early 2023. The proposed 300 baht entry fee for tours to Thailand could start being collected by early next year it has been revealed. Speaking on Monday Thailand's Ministry of Tourism and Sports has revealed the 300 baht fee will be applied to all foreign passengers arriving by plane. The fee is scheduled to be collected from early 2023. That was according to a Thai language news site, Manager. Tourism Minister Mr. Piapat Ratchapakaran said that the 300 baht fee will be collected from all tourists who arrive in the country by air only. A decision is yet to be made whether the fee will be collected from people arriving in the country by land. The entry fee, sometimes referred to as a tourist tax, was first proposed in January 2022 in its current form. However, it has repeatedly been postponed. The revenue generated from the fee will go towards a number of different uses such as the upkeep of tourist sites, infrastructure and sustainable development as well as going towards the insurance fund for foreign tourists. The fund will help tourists in the event of emergencies such as accidents, sudden sickness or debt. Tourists will be eligible for a maximum 500,000 baht for medical expenses should they have an accident or fall ill. Meanwhile, in the event of death, the tourist family will be eligible for maximum compensation of up to 1 million baht. 
The system to collect the fee is likely to be integrated into booking systems of airlines with tourists charged at the point of when they pay for a flight ticket. Thai nationals will be exempted from paying the fee. However, all foreigners, including expats, are likely to be charged a fee whenever they fly into Thailand. This is because airlines are only able to recognize passenger information such as nationality and not the immigration status of a foreign national residing in Thailand. So that is the official news from the Ministry of Sports and Tourism. The fee will start next year, January or February possibly. I reckon it'll start January because Thailand will probably start to get busy with international arrivals. But that brings us back to the first story. Now what are the Songkla Hotel Association talking about? And there's a couple of things here. Either one, they're talking kind of in the future tense that it's going to affect. But then the article somehow keeps going on that it's deterring people coming over and back because they have to pay 300 baht. The fee has not been implemented yet. So who is paying 300 baht and to whom are they paying this money? Because if you're entering, you're eligible for an insurance, according to the government. And how can that insurance be issued to you if you're just, you know, paying it at the border and it hasn't been implemented. So there's a couple of things. Either one, there's the scam of the century going on at the borders down in uh, between Thailand and Malaysia. Or number two, the Bangkok Post and, uh, you know, have got this completely wrong and have failed to do their the general reporting, failed to look and find out exactly is this true? Because when this was first published, many people did ask the question, has it actually started yet? And I tried to do a bit of research by looking at the taxes and fees on airline tickets coming into the country. And I saw no mention of this new tourist fee. So that's why I thought it must be odd. And then luckily today, another article came out in relation to this starting in 2023. So yeah, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. Is it shabby reporting? reporting on behalf of the Bangkok Post, not doing their research, not finding out from the government what's going on down below, or do the hotel association down in Songkla just are they clueless and trying to make a big deal out of something that hasn't really happened yet? I am not quite sure, but for us tourists, or us expats, us tourists who are going to come to the country, yes, you will still have to pay this 300 baht fee. Now, I do think that I will say that I'm probably in favor of entering by land, to be exempt. And I'll, I'll kind of give you my reason why. If you're entering by plane, you're buying it online, the ticket, the 300 is just added on. You probably wouldn't even notice on the cost of a ticket because you know the way flight prices fluctuate so much that, you know, you wouldn't notice an extra, what is it, $8, you know, less than 10 euro extra on your ticket. You just, I don't think you'd really notice it. But I will say this, a family of four entering the southern border, right, will notice it when somebody stops in the car and says, uh, hello, can I get how many people in there? One, two, three, four. Can I get 1200 baht from you before we allow you into Thailand? So I do think there is a big difference with kind of parting with physical cash at a border point versus kind of tacking it on to an airline ticket where you may not really notice you know, the whole transaction. So I do think there is kind of that thing. And, I, and I'm not quite sure. It depends, you know, Thailand's surrounded by Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia. I mean, pe will people have the money to be paying 300 baht to come over and back? you know, day traders, stuff like this. So all this needs to be kind of thought about a bit more and kind of, you know, think past like, you know, collecting this money. It's nearly like people feel like it's a ripoff at this stage. I mean, personally, if I had been doing it and I was putting this in to operation, I wouldn't have spoken about it. I would have just done it because I don't think anybody would have noticed it if you just decided, right, we're going to tack on 300 to every airline ticket coming in here. That's it. I don't think anybody would have ever noticed it if you hadn't have mentioned it. But this government have managed to talk about it now for eight continuous months. And they've managed to keep it in 
the top of the news cycle all the time. And, you know, to be honest, if they had just implemented it three or four months ago, there'd be still no, there'd be no talk about it anymore. But the longer they keep, you know, doing this, and and also I think it's just the wrong time to do it. Thailand is in recovery right now. And, you know, you need to incentivize people to come here. In fact, you should be giving them discounts to come here. But instead, Thailand's making it more expensive. And I also think that, you know, if they want to do this, wait a year or two. Wait till your numbers are booming again. You know, see, can you get back to 2017, 18, 2019 levels? I think it's going to be a lot more than a couple of years. But wait till tourism is back up there again and then bring it in. But don't do it when you're on your knees and you need people to come because it really does look like you're making a cash grab. But guys, as always, I want to know what you think about this. Do you think it's a good idea, the 300 baht fee? Do you think maybe if you come over the border, should be exempted from it? Do you think, would you even notice it on your airline ticket, you know, at the end of the day? Does it really bother you? I'd love to know your opinion, guys, as always, down below with everything we talk about in that comment section. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Roundup. Phuket businesses reminded of human rights. Pitikan Sittasujay of the National Human Rights Commission of Thailand was in Phuket yesterday to lead a seminar held to explain to local business operators the necessity of upholding human rights in business operations. Officials target Soi Panyang flooding. Ratsada Municipality has installed a pump to help drain the Soi Panyang community just north of Sam Kong so that residents can access their homes and to help alleviate fears of more homes being flooded. And finally, Phuket readies for the Vegetarian Festival 2022. The annual Phuket Vegetarian Festival this year, to be held from September 26th to October 4th, will maintain its COVID-19 prevention measures officials have confirmed. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.